Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now What's up, and welcome to another exciting edition of Bearded B-Roll. I'm Kyle. And I'm Mike, just two bearded dudes here to chat about all the movies you love, hate, don't mind, or simply never heard of. Alright, so what have you seen lately? Let's just go past the whole introduction thing. Let's just get really down straight to it. Yeah, so, um, well, I'll talk about, I, I'm Mike, and... And I'll talk about we're, Mike and, and Kyle. Kyle. And this is Bearded B-Roll. And today we're talking about what have you seen lately? Look, I did it. I wanted to do that on purpose. My plan was to set it up and then interrupt you and then introduce it anyway. Volume three. <laughs> volume volume three. <laughs> I was so confused. I'm like, you told me to be quiet? Like, am I too loud? <laughs> it's like, I'm not. I'm not an Alexis. You can't tell me to turn my volume down my way. All right. So. Do you want to go first or should I? Because most of mine is probably going to revolve around just random ass horror movies. Well, mine have all been horror movies because that's what my kids like to watch. And I just end up watching them with them to keep, you know, the, uh, uh, what do you call it? You know, parenting, but no, 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 not parenting. The opposite of that. You know, like, like when your parents do something you probably shouldn't have done. And then you continue that trend yeah, uh. that whatever that would be. Perpetuating the cycle. Yeah. 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 That's what I do. So yeah. And my kids just watch <laughs> horror movies with me and it's recently just been a bunch of ghost movies. It's been what I've been onto. So I guess I'll start first. Okay. Um, which recently has been the conjuring movies and like, what was the movies before the conjuring that involved ghost also that they had insidious. I saw the, fir- I watched the first insidious movie. Um, I always get those mixed up. Yeah, I know the, con- cause it's the same good director. It's all John James Wan. Um, he also did Saul, which I, I'm thinking about watching the first one again, because I, like almost everybody else, I think, in the world recently, or not recently, but everyone else, um, after you got past the first Saul and into the new ones, you're like, oh, these are all stupid and like snuff porn crap. And then you associate the first one with that. But the first one isn't that. It's just because everything after that is kind of like given a bad name to the movie series. The first one hardly has any gore in it at all, really. Yeah, exactly. There's only like one little bit of blood when he starts sawing his foot off at the end. Spoilers. We just did a whole other one with zero spoilers. No, we. I Spoiler warnings. That's what I meant. Yeah, here on Bearded B-Roll, we will spoil movies for you. So, Like milk. Yeah. Cur- curdle the milk. So I guess which do you like better, the Insidious movies or the Conjuring movies? Well, <laughs> what threw me off is like, one, I don't believe in ghosts at all, but it's weird how like these movies, like I can get into them enough 
to like let it take over for like a little bit. Mm-hmm. I really did like the Insidious movie, and there was definitely like genuine moments where like I was like, oh shit, which I haven't had in a while. Like I don't know, slasher movies never do it for me. I've never had any issue with slasher movies. It's usually like kill it. I mean, get away. Like <laughs> half the time when you watch Halloween, you root for Mike Myers to get them all. But um, Michael, why do you keep getting Mike Myers and Michael Myers? There, one of them is Shrek. And one of them's the boogeyman. He's not the boogeyman. He's the shape. Doctor Loomis like calls him the boogeyman at the end of the first Halloween movie. Yeah, yeah, but I think he was originally billed as the shape, or something. I know, I know what I heard. I know what I heard. I'm so thrown now. Anyway, no, the Insidious has some genuine like, like gotcha moments in that movie, and I really liked that. It's, it's like I guess it's like the way it's filmed, like the angles and stuff, and like. The way they build up things, and it's not a lot of like cat jump scares, which I hate. Which I just always assume there are in every movie ever, even non-scary movies. And like, oh, cats can jump out of that. Oh, did you see this movie Scare Package? No, <laughs> it's on. It, it's on Shutter, and it's it's actually kind of like a bad anthology, and then it, it ties back to the main root story. But there's a oh, scene I have been it. watching a lot of anthology movies. I don't even remember what the names of them are at this point, though. I mean, it's worth checking out, but like, keep your expectations low, I guess, for the anthology parts. It has, it, it's got yeah. its moments, though. But there's a scene you just reminded me of where these people are like running around an underground like government facility, and then all of a sudden, like a cat jumps by at like face level, and <laughs> just like, where did that come from? There were like, well, there were like two people coming around the corner, and they're like, why'd you just throw a cat at us? He's like, I don't know, I got scared. Where'd you get the cat? I don't know. It was just walking around. Like it was very self aware. <laughs> Of like we did a jump scare with a cat, and then we That's explained perfect. why it happened. <laughs> why is it always cats? Why don't they use other animals of any kind? Because cats are more like they're stealthy, you know. Like a cat can like creep into a room and you don't even know it's there. Oh man, I was trying to find the name. The one anthology series I watched was actually really good. Um, I can't, I can't remember what it was. It's me and my kids have been watching like a scary movie every night or whatever, right before. Tell that. me one of the one of the vignettes and let's see if. So one of their best vignettes in it, it was the shortest one I think, is it shows a man stalking around this woman's uh, backyard, and like creeping and looking in on her, and she's inside doing typical scary movie stuff like making popcorn, and then she's like cutting up carrots and like all this the regular crap. And then so you he keeps, you know, you're watching it. She's doing something. And then he pops up and you can see him outside. And then it's from his point of view again. And then she sneezes and stabs herself in the eyeball. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, did not see that going that way. And she's like frozen for a second. And like the dude the stalk, that's stalking is like looking. And then you see him realize what happened and then like run away. And then she pulls the knife out with her eyeball on it and just keeps cutting the carrots. And that's it. It's like literally like a five minute little vignette. It's I just thought it was fucking hilarious. That is great. It wasn't one of those little short films on Hulu, right? No, no. I think it's from Shudder, but I apparently have Shudder, but I have Shudder on uh, Amazon. Well, yeah, Shudder, I think, is included in like if you have an AMC subscription. I don't have that. I just have I think I pay for it and I forgot that I paid for it. There's also a Shout Factory TV one that has a bunch of terrible, like, low-budget 70s movies on it right now that's only two ninety nine a month. I'm thinking about trying that out for a week or so. Well, this one's, like, newer, but, like, it was, um, it was built as, like, ten directors. There's actually, this one was really good. There's a bunch of really good ones. There's another one. Oh, that's probably why I can't find it. I'm on Amanda's on my phone. I could probably find it now. Um, there was, like, another one where a husband kills his wife on a boat. 
and then starts getting haunted. It's like pretty pretty typical, but it's actually pretty good. The way it's done. Is it this one? Alright, the new Tone Tales. Alright, the Source of Shadows. I'm pretty sure this is the one. Alright, I'll have to I'll have to look that up. Alright, I watched a bunch of weird movies lately. Some of them were fantastic, and some of them were pretty terrible. I'll start with one that was probably the best movie I've ever seen. I tried to get you to watch it the other day. I texted you about it, and like you never really responded. So I don't think you uh, got a chance to watch it, but it's from 19... 19- I probably didn't get your text. Well, it's a, it's a great movie. Um, it's from 1982, and it's called Pieces. And it's another one of those, like, uh, another one of those directed by an Italian, like, weird dubbing over people's mouths while they're talking, most likely because they're British. It's set in New England, because for some reason, just like House by the Cemetery, they all are. And um, this one opens up with this kid, and he's, like, sitting in his bedroom, putting a puzzle together. And you're like, I get it. Puzzle pieces. The movie's called Pieces. Anyway, he's sitting there doing this puzzle. And like his mother walks in and she says, what the hell are you doing? What is that? Because the puzzle, now that we can see it, because the camera moved onto it, is like a naked woman. And he has like the entire thing put together except for like the vagina or something. And she starts like slapping the fuck out of him. I don't know if she was actually hitting the kid, but it looked pretty legit. So she starts slapping him in the face a whole bunch. She's like, you can't do this. You're disgusting. You're just like your father who apparently was like away in the air force. They never really get into that. Um, and a pervert. So she says, I want you to go get a plastic bag. Cause I'm going to burn this. And I'm like, that's weird. Why would you burn something in a plastic bag? Like that's a terrible <laughs> idea. So, but that's what, so maybe that was like a dubbing issue. I don't know. So he like storms out of the room. Kids like nine or 10, maybe he storms out of the room. Um, it's also, Oh, sorry. It opens up like, and with 1942 written on the bottom. Cause the movie came out in 82. So, you know, we're going to end up 40 years later at some point. Anyway, he goes out to get the plastic bag and he comes back with a fucking fire axe and just starts like wailing on the mom and like just sticks the axe in her head and just just cuts her all up into fucking shit. And you're like, wow, that was pretty brutal. And then the next shot is him like with a handsaw, just sawing back and forth, covered in blood. You don't see what he's cutting. You assume it's the body parts. And um, then the next shot is like him sitting there just covered in blood, trying to figure out where that last puzzle piece goes. And it was just like, that's why you don't fuck with a kid's porn, basically. <laughs> like, it was just like a total overreaction. And then the next thing that happens is like the nanny shows up or something. And she's outside knocking on the door, ringing the doorbell. The kid's not answering. So she get, freaks out at one point. She's like, they're not answering. This is strange. So she goes to get some police officers. They like bust into the house. And the kid goes, oh, and he hides in the closet. And then the police come up into the room and they're like, oh my God, what happened? Something must have been butchered in here because there are no body parts at this point. There's just blood everywhere. And they open up, there's two closets in this room for some reason. Everything was weird about this room. Anyway, they open the first closet and the mother's head is in there like on a shelf. And she's like, oh my God, it's Mrs. Norris or whatever the hell her name was. And she's like, what about the boy? She had a boy. Where's the boy? And they open up the other closet and he's like in the closet curled up in a ball in the corner. And he goes, big man, big man, mommy, mommy. And they're like, oh my God, he saw his mother get murdered. <laughs> this kid's and the woman's genius. just Right? And the woman's just like, oh my God, the poor child. He has an aunt that lives not far from here, only an hour away. I'll take him. And then it like jump cutted to 1982 and there's a college campus and like people are getting murdered by like a chainsaw wielding maniac. So they have like the obvious red herring of like this surly looking like landscaper who looked just like the guy that played Bluto in the Popeye movie with Robin Williams. And um... The special effects were actually pretty fucking lit, for lack of a better term. There was a girl, and they committed to it, too. There was a girl that gets decapitated while reading a book on, like, the college campus. She's, like, laying on the lawn or something. She gets decapitated, and the next shot when they show her body is, like, her laying on her back. And, like, you can tell if you look close enough, but they dug out a hole for her head, put her head back down in the hole, 
and then covered her neck area with like a whole bunch of gore and shit. So it looked like she was decapitated. Nice. Um, there was another one where a girl was flailing about in an elevator. And the way they did the special effects, it legitimately looked like this woman got her arm cut off. Like it just, he went up with the chainsaw and the arm came down. And my favorite effect at one point, I don't remember what was happening. I think somebody was getting cut across the midsection in maybe a closet or a shower. And there's so much blood that you can tell it's like a crew member standing slightly out of frame with like probably a like a bowl, like a basin of blood and just heaves it in in like one big wave and it just like splashes across the screen. Um, so it was that like Italian, like super, super red blood style. And um, you're really excited by the amount of gore, which also um, it makes me wonder um, if, if maybe it wasn't real. You know, them Italians, they've done it before. Well, uh, don't bring up Hannibal, uh, Hannibal, don't bring up Cannibal Holocaust, but um, <laughs> my, it was just so good. And there was like a good amount of like naked, gorgeous women. You too. sell it as being so good at the same time as kind of selling it as bad. It's amazing. This woman, like, and then they get this a, terrible plot, but don't worry. It's awesome. <laughs> at one point, there's a girl who goes skinny dipping in a pool. The killer comes out and she gets scared. He holds her down in the water and drowns her. And then he's like, oh shit. I shouldn't have killed her that way. So he like drags her out of the pool and like brings her back to life so he can kill her with a chainsaw. <laughs> it's like my boner didn't get hard for this one. I got to try again. And then there's like a police detective who's also a professional tennis player who's undercover. They don't really get into like why, <laughs> why she's also a police officer because the kid recognizes her. He's like, oh my God, you're whatever your name is. You're a professional tennis player. And she's like, yeah, but this is what pays the bills. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. So That's like, um, that like, that. oh man, that's like uh, Mr. Brooks when... The, the police detective is uh, also just like a, a rich heiress and they're all like, why do you do this? <laughs> so she goes undercover as like the the uh, new tennis coach at the school. And there's like this douchey kid following her around. But he's like he's like a weird combination of douchey because he's like going around the campus. He's like a nerdy looking kid, too. But apparently he's the campus stud because he's going around like just fucking women and like discarding them like onto the next one. But like he never really comes across like as an asshole. So I'm not really what. They were, I'm not sure what they were trying to convey with that. Like, is he an asshole? Because, like, he's not openly rude. He's just kind of a man whore. Um, he's the nerdy guy who gets it, man. But he's, like, super helpful to the police investigation. You know, he's like... And they, they show murders happening at the same time he's walking around with the other woman. So he's not a red herring. You know, it's not him. But um, I don't know. And then at one point, she's walking around the campus at night trying to get back to wherever she lives or whatever. And this, like, Asian dude pops out in a tracksuit and starts, like, trying to kung fu her randomly he just starts trying to kung fu he's like never been shown in the entire movie pops out from an alley and like we know he's not the killer because he would have a chainsaw um and you know the bright yellow gloves only uses a chainsaw he does and so this guy's like kung fuing her and like you think maybe it's because he like surprised she surprised him around the corner but then he like sees that it's like a blonde woman who most likely works at the university he continues to try to kung fu her and then the other like (laughs) campus stud kid comes around on like his scooter or whatever and she's like what's happening and he goes oh that's my kung fu professor and he's like sorry i was out for a late night jog and i saw you and you startled me and it's like yeah for five minutes like (laughs) you didn't at any point realize that she wasn't a threat and then she was like don't drive that motorcycle around here it sounds just like a chainsaw I don't know. Do you want me to tell you the end? Because it was actually a pretty good movie. I don't know. No, because now I think I might watch it. (laughs) Okay, definitely, definitely check it out. Appreciate the gore, and do not turn it off at the end. Because right when you think it's over, something else happens that really makes no fucking sense on the earth. But it's 
one of the most memorable scenes in the movie. Do they, do they, uh, we own the night this movie? No, no, it's not like that. It, it's, it's like, a, it's like, it, it's weird. Cause like, it, there's like a shot of police driving away and you're like, oh, this must be the end of the movie. And then there's like 10 to 30 more seconds of something that happens. Nice. <laughs> but um, I'd highly recommend it. I watched it as like background noise and as a goof. I'm like, this is going to be another one of those cheesy, ridiculous movies, you know, like Driller Killer or Slumber Party Massacre or something. But Driller it, Killer, was that your reference to Slumber Party Massacre? Or were you literally just like, I forgot the name of that movie. The one with the Drill Killer. No, Driller Killer is a different movie. Oh, seriously? Man, it's so unoriginal. Is it weird that recently I've been wanting to watch um, The Stepfather a lot? Like, the original one and the new... Like, I didn't know there was a quote-unquote new one, because it's kind of old now. Yeah, it stars that guy from Nip Tuck. Yeah. I just remember seeing... I remember what was messed up for me was I had a stepdad when I first watched that movie, and I just... Mm -hmm. I didn't like him, so I was like, oh, no, he's going to murder us. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, mom, First mom, assumption. Tra- listen to me. I know what I'm what, talking what? about. She watched it with me. <laughs> Who do you think put it on? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I got confused. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, so that was, my, that was my recommendation. My watched recently pieces. Watched it with like super low expectations and ended up like legitimately enjoying it. I'm not just saying it like, oh, it was so bad. It was good. I like, well, I actually had fun for me it. now because you've made my expectations higher maybe that could be a possibility. Well, just remember that you still think it's stupid despite everything I said. Yeah. I mean, it still does sound stupid. This is definitely not one I can watch with the kids though. That's the problem for me. I don't know. The weirdest thing about it too, was there were like a bunch of, everybody had like eighties hair and seventies stuff. But usually when you see like naked women in these movies, it's really dated. You're like, uh, you should be more attractive if she had her hair this way or, but nah, I mean, these were, they just, had some like nice naked women in this. It was, I mean, that which didn't make it like it wasn't a selling point for the movie. It was just kind of like an aesthetic appreciation. If we're gonna review those kind of movies, I'm just gonna let you know ahead of time. Like, I look up vintage stuff sometimes. That 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 aesthetic does not. I do not discriminate against. But you still didn't know who Kobe Ty was when we talked about very bad things. That was '90s, and she didn't have like '80s hair. I did look her up after that. Yo, '90s is vintage. Now. It's really like thirty years ago. ago. Listen. What what's your definition of vintage? Well, I'm talking about when you type in vintage and you're looking for that stuff, you find a very specific timeline. It's usually like very 80s and 70s, occasionally further back. If you type in vintage, you're definitely going to see a picture of Jasmine St. Clair, and that was in the 90s. <sighs> whatever, whatever, whatever. It's not Debbie Does Dallas, though. Uh, all right, what else? Let's throw it off. I forgot what's happening. <laughs> um. So no, yeah, the, so I, I've literally just been on like this. So after I watched Insidious, good jumps, I watched uh, the first Conjuring movie. Um, and then what was it? Yesterday. No, yesterday we, we watched this, both the Conjuring movies recently. Second one, eh. For whatever reason, I kept thinking they were all about the Amityville horror. And like, it's only like briefly mentioned. They do this weird thing in those movies where like they mention this Ed and Lorraine Warren case. Oh, the second one's about the Enfield poltergeist. These are all like things I know too because of like being into creepy stuff. You know, I've tried watching the Amityville movies. Like, I tried watching the old ones. I tried watching the new ones. The Ryan Reynolds one. Yeah, and I just, I just don't like any of them. I did appreciate the one in Amityville too, where the kid was like fucking his sister and she was cool with it. That was weird. And then that would be something you'd be into. 
Well, it was the girl. It was the one that played Ted's princess in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey. That was the same actress. But he's like, oh man, you're really pretty. Let me see you without your nightie on. And I was like, that's kind of a weird She's thing like, for a br- we've brother grown to up ask. Together. We took baths. Yeah, no. I mean... Well, even when they first introduced them, they were kind of like interacting in a way that made me think like, are they boyfriend and girlfriend? Not? Why would they be moving like, in? Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre for some reason? Like what? No, nah, they did a whole thing with it where like, because apparently the brother was getting possessed by the devil or by the house or whatever. And the sister like went to confession to like, you know, confess having fucked her brother, I guess. And she's like, he does it to hurt. And the priest is like, he does it to hurt you. And she says, no, he does it to hurt God. That's like the only quote I remember from that movie. I don't think I've seen that one. I remember always seeing them in Blockbuster, but I think I only ever watched like the first one of the old ones. And then I did watch the one with Ryan Reynolds. Well, I also watched one the other day and like don't remember any of it. I think it was called The Amityville Curse or something. It was either the third or fourth one. It was about I a bunch of friends. That there's like 75 of those. Like this movie that's based off of a quote unquote true story has <laughs> like a million spinoffs. This one was about a bunch of people that bought the house for a really cheap price. Well, I don't know why it was so cheap. And their plan is to like fix it up and flip it. To be fair, though, the um, the little bit that they show of the Amityville story in The Conjuring 2 is actually, I really, it's really good. Because one of the things it did, which I don't know why I felt the need to tell my kids the true story of it. But like <laughs> it shows her following, like walking around the house like a crime scene investigator in like any crime scene investigator movie where like they're walking through and they're reliving the moment because apparently these crime scene investigators are like gods or whatever oh was and then it she's like, psychic so yeah. she's like seeing it but uh but she's him the 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 oh, i forgot what his name was the dude the that shot his family up. no 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 that's the second one the second one nobody actually dies or no not the second the second real story the story that everybody knows from the story from the thing like nobody knows about the dude who went and killed his whole family. That was a son. That was one of the brothers who was a drug addict. Um, and the whole devil narrative thing came out like later. And then Ed and Lorraine Warren tried to push it because they were con artists. I can say that they're dead. So there's no, I can't get sued for that. Right. Um, I don't, they got called out so many times by like real paranormal investigators, quote unquote. And also like skeptics all the time that they would just play like, yeah, there's a ghost here. Like, Every situation or house they went to, there was a ghost. But the way it's done in this movie is really good, especially the part where, and the weirdest part about the the original Amityville crime case is he shot every member of his family with a shotgun and nobody woke up, which is one of the things that always led credit to like the ghost stories for it because it's like super weird. But there's also this theory that maybe his one sister who didn't get shot was also involved with another person and it was more than one. Yeah, I think but I remember hearing that about only that only he went to jail for it. But like, I was like, I looked at my kids and like, that's why this case was such a weird thing. Nobody woke up. <laughs> I just told them. That. I was like, this is the problem with having a whole bunch of true crime knowledge for no reason, just knowing things about murderers. And then they never woke up again. And then they never woke up because he blasted them all with shotguns while they were sleeping. <laughs> so yeah, there's that one. But we watched I the one we watched yesterday. This will be my last one. I barely paid attention to because at first I was like. This is boring and dub. And then at the end, it started to get like really weird. And I was like, all right, I'll watch this now, I guess. But it had, have you watched the new Sabrina TV series that was on Netflix that just got canceled or whatever? Cause Satanism. <laughs> no, I didn't watch it. I know. I saw like a trailer for it. Look kind of okay. All right. So there's this show called the black coats daughter or movie, not show. She was in that, in this movie. And Emma Roberts is in this movie. And, 
for a long time, I couldn't figure out the connection between them because like it would go back and forth between their stories. And like, it's, it's following the girl who plays Sabrina, who I apparently will refuse to learn her name. Um, and she's in like a Catholic school situation or something. And I guess she murdered her parents and I guess she's possessed by a bunny rabbit demon. My sister tried, or my daughter tried to tell me it was horns when they showed the shadow creature. Cause that's how they present the demon. <laughs> they it looked like, like bunny, bunny ears. ears. <laughs> and so then she ends up like stabbing everybody in like her church school thing. Cause she's like slowly losing her mind. This is how you know I didn't pay attention to the first half because I don't know how this all got there. This is when I started paying attention was after like the stabbing thing where she like stabs the school up, which is weird that they were able to like pull that off recently in like recent times with a movie, like mm-hmm. a school massacre. And then she's in like a broiler room and a cop comes down. And he's like yelling to put her gun down or the knife down. And it's in that muffled like, you know, you're out of it type sound effect thing, you know? Like mm-hmm. underwater yeah and then she just starts chanting hail satan and he shoots her uh she doesn't die though she's in the hospital and then a priest exercises her and that's like her part but the whole time also you're following emma roberts who's like picked up by these this the married couple and they're like taking her along and like when i first saw them i thought that they were going to be bad guys that married couple because the husband was like you remind me of my daughter and blah 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 and then the wife's like, did he tell you he reminds you of his daughter or of our daughter? And it was like, oh, they're they're kidnapping her. That's what this is. This is a weird culty rape murder thing or whatever. Um, but it turns out that's not what ended up happening. Apparently their daughter got beheaded. And then Emma Roberts chops these two people's heads off later. And then I she goes to like the furnace. And I'm like, is this the same demon? Like, I still don't know what happened. But I'm like, assuming that the demon that was in the first girl was the one that was in the second girl, because why would you go to the same... I don't know. It was weird. I would say, maybe watch it. I might have to watch it again to pay attention to it, but that's the most recent. Okay. Um, I, I got on this weird kick recently of... Um, apparently, there were a bunch of movies in the 90s that I guess they were trying to think, like, oh, what fear can we play on now? You know, for the water, we have movies like Piranha and Jaws. Um, you know, then we have, like, disaster movies. Jaws um, in the 90s? Oh, I'm talking about the remake. Well, oh yeah, yeah, the original was like 79. But I mean, what I mean, like we there was a whole bunch of movies throughout time, you know, like your kids are going evil. We have children of the corn. Like some people, there were a lot of movies that try to play off of like your natural fears anyway. I mean, I think that's what a lot of so movies. You're going off like the general like themes of like horror movies. Yeah, yeah. But I watched a couple like weird ones lately that specifically picked like really, really particular fears. Um, and I think like the one I watched the other day was worse. Now, I, I've seen these movies before. And, um, like a couple weeks ago, I watched the dentist and the dentist too. And I haven't seen that in so long. They're actually like pretty, pretty enjoyable movies. The first one's the best, but it's with Corbin Bernson who plays the dad on psych. And he's actually super likable there. And he's actually super likable in the dentist, even though he's like a fucking nutball and he's like torturing people and like maiming everyone. But, um, you know, everybody, nobody likes going to the dentist, really. I mean, there are probably, like, some freaks that enjoy having other people sticking their fingers in their mouth. I'm not one of them. I didn't hate it until I had to get cavities filled, and then, like, and that was recent. I was an adult before I got my first cavity. And then I was like, you didn't do a good job, but I don't <laughs> like this. And I think the main, the main reason for that, that fear or discomfort is because, you know, when you go to a doctor or a dentist, there's always that sense of, like, vulnerability, right? You have to, like let somebody touch your body in ways that you never let anyone else touch your body. Um, and yeah, like bending you over and like violently shoving their fingers up your butt. You know, that's actually what I was going to say. 
because we had this dentist movie, and the one I was going to talk about that I watched recently that was even worse because the main character was not likable was called Dr. Giggles from 1992, and that played off the concept of, like, you know, evil general practitioner. But I was thinking, like, what if we did some more of these? What if we had, what if we had, like, you know, the urologist? Oh my God. The proctologist. Just constantly cutting dicks in half. The gynecologist. The proctologist. You go in for, you know, your prostate exam and you, like, leave with a, a lamp up your butt. I feel like there's not, like, a movie specific for it, but evil gynecologists happen. That's the thing that pops up in movies. No, rapey it's gynecologist happens. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, evil, like, molesty, rapey type thing is something that happens. There was that one time, um, which I don't think I've ever seen, but where Seinfeld got, like, molested by his dentist. Uh, God, I don't remember that one. I mean, I know it happened in Horrible Bosses. I mean, I'm just bringing up the movies like The Dentist 1, Dentist 2, Dr. Giggles, because unlike having, you know, a rapey gynecologist, these movies were meant to be done with, like, an element of humor. Like, they weren't meant to be straight-up horror movies, you know? Like, they wanted you to laugh at them. Like, Dr. Giggles, the guy that plays the doctor, who's not even really a doctor, is Larry Drake. And the thing I know him from was he played a character named Robert Durant in Darkman. It's, like, the only other thing I know him from. And he just giggles the whole time. He has, like, no personality. But the thing that, like, cracked me up was he was just brutally murdering people with like physician's instruments and then saying things in like a totally non-threatening voice. Like he would take uh, something and like jam it all the way up into somebody's brain through their nose. And he'd be like, you're going to want to leave that in for about a minute. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's actually pretty good. Um, I feel like I've probably seen this, but it's been a really long time. The dentist, I barely remember, but I definitely saw that one. But the idea of like a doctor, like, like, doing something horrible but then just saying regular doctor shit like you're gonna feel a little pinch and then like i don't know like cutting your chest cavity completely open just sounds amazing and it had a couple like that in it but i mean i really don't think i remember a whole lot of them Uh, one other one was you know how like occasionally the doctor will look in your eye or in your nose with like a little flashlight yeah he takes this flashlight and like just jams it all the way up and he like looks at the hole and he's like i think i found the problem (laughs) the most memorable part of this movie for me had like nothing to do with the doctor nothing to do with like the horror of the movie it was just this one dumbass guy who i think was one of the daves from pcu he was gonna have sex with this girl and she was like hey i need you to wear this and he's like oh where'd you get a condom she's like they were passing him out in the gym and he's like uh all right let me go to the bathroom and freshen up and i don't know what the hell he was doing because i will i looked away for a couple seconds but the next thing i know he's like got a toothbrush and he's trying to fish a open condom out of the toilet somehow it fell in the toilet and he, he wouldn't he didn't just reach in to get his hand but apparently it was also unrolled like so i don't know and he like takes it out like a balloon and it's got like two holes sprung in it and they're like you know squirting out and then he like takes the toothbrush i'm assuming it's the girl's toothbrush and puts it back in the toothbrush holder on the sink and then he says about the condom he's like maybe she won't notice what is with that in the 90s and just assuming people couldn't figure out how condoms work one they teach you in school I learned how to at a pretty young age on how to make it work. And two, it's it's not that it's not that hard. You just unroll it. It's something you unroll. If you've never unrolled things before. Let's be honest, they're probably like the worst thing ever. I clearly didn't use it at least four times, so <laughs> I'm not saying that I use them, I'm just saying they're not difficult to use. I'm not saying they're difficult to use. Well sometimes they are. Especially when they break. 
Listen, we don't all have the problems that you have. I can use mine like a perfectly normal person. I don't have to go to the big and tall store for condoms that I just don't use anyway. I just choose not to. But suffice to say, it never actually comes to fruition because the guy comes out of the bathroom, sneaks into the bed like, ooh, she's waiting there for me. And it's Dr. Giggles laying under the covers because he already murdered the girl while the guy was in the bathroom. Wait, why is he there? Now I'm confused. This isn't like the dentist and like people go to his office. He like No. It, okay, he does, so he's not even he really does a trip to them. It like opens up in a really weird way. There's a guy uh performing surgery on somebody in like an operatic theater, you know, where the doctors can like stand around the top and watch the procedure. Yeah. Um and the guy laying on the bed or on the on the on the hospital gurney, I guess, is like wearing a suit. Like he's still got his watch on. And this guy's like just cutting into him and like goes, Oh no, the patient has expired. Oh, well, you win some, you lose some. And I was like, this whole thing seems like really off. And then it turns out that that was like the guy who ran the mental hospital he was escaping from, but he already let out all the prisoners and they were the ones that were watching through the operatic theater. And uh, then he like escapes. And then they do this whole weird backstory where he like goes back to his hometown where there had been a crazed doctor who murdered people after he found out his wife had a heart disease that was going to kill her and he was removing patients' hearts. He killed like seven people that way. And he had a son that disappeared after the father's arrest. And then they do like a flashback later where there was a police detective who was a young guy on the force at the time, has this like horrifying memory of that he never told anybody about because he had been drinking on the job where like the doctor's wife's body was in the bottom of this morgue and he heard a noise. So he went down to like see what it was. And the kid like, the father had sewn the kid up inside the mother's autopsy body. That's improbable. So he like, carves himself out and like gets out and starts giggling the cop passes out and when he wakes up the kid's gone and this apparently is that character years later who ended up in a mental institution apparently he has like his own backstory that nobody knew about because he was in the mental hospital and nobody knew his identity or anything so he like manages to escape come so he's not actually a real doctor even he's just fulfilling his dad's mission and he giggles a lot because like when the mother's dying the father starts like crying and laughing and giggling and the kid starts giggling too and then he just like Every time he murders somebody, he like giggles. So I don't know if it's like an expression of despair or rage, but it, and it's fucking annoying more than it is creepy. So that was that was a weird one. Um, the other thing I saw lately is the. Uh, did you see the new Venom trailer? No, you sent it to me, and I didn't watch it because I don't like. I didn't watch the first Venom one, and I'm not going to watch it now because apparently it's only available for purchase on Amazon. I'm not going to pay twelve ninety nine for this movie. I almost. <laughs> I really, really. I almost said it, stopped myself, and then wanted to do it on purpose when I was about to say, I don't watch Marvel movies <laughs> after the last time I did that. And you went, I don't like them either. Stop talking about it. <laughs> That's why I haven't watched it yet. But honestly, I like Tom Hardy as an actor. So like, I'm willing to, and it's it's kind of like a very, it's a big divergence from the Marvel ones. And Venom's always been a little darker. I mean, Venom was originally a villain in the comics, but. Then they were like, well, we can't have kids worshiping this guy who decapitates people and like sucks the blood out of their throats. So we should probably. He's an anti hero. What are you talking about? Everybody worships Deadpool. He does so many fucked up things. No, what I'm saying is when Venom first came out in the comics, he was not an anti hero. He was just a villain. And then they like slowly morphed his character into something more likable when they realized how profitable it was because they wanted to have a franchise built around it that wasn't just a bunch of kids worshiping like a straight up villain. So they turned him, they, they, they changed it around and they made him more of a, a character with a conscience, you know, a character who's kind of trying to fight against this, this other half uh, that's in him. Is that why it flopped so bad when they put it in the Tobey Maguire one or the Sam Raimi movie? Because 
they tried to make him likable, and I hated that whole thing. Sam Raimi had no desire to put Venom in the movie at all. He just didn't want Venom in there. He didn't think it fit. He didn't need it with all the other shit going on between Harry Osborn and the Sandman. It was it was a better villain than Sandman. Sandman was terrible. I only watched those ones because it was Sam Raimi. I kind of liked Sandman, actually, especially when they start melting the sand and it turns into glass. That was a cool like effect. First of all, that's a ripoff from a horror movie that I can't even remember the name of as a kid that I loved. I watched it the fairly serial recently. Killer? Yeah, like, like like whistles and shit, and then in yes, the end he's he a serial killer. Man, he turns into blows sand. up his arm and it turns into a glass knife. Dude, we're talking about the same movie. I know we are. I was just having fun then describing it because I want to find it. Was it Sandman or was it? I don't think it was because Sandman's something else. Sleep Sleep Stalker because he was like a voodoo thing. But um, but anyway, the reason Venom was in the movie was because the studio like threatened to pull funding if he didn't put Venom in the movie. He, he yeah, had he not more bad guys. Yeah, like Venom. Well, no, because they knew that people loved Venom, so they're like, "We got to have Venom." But he wasn't in the original script, so they like wrote in this half-assed explanation for like why Venom was in the plot, and it had like it made no sense, and it didn't belong there, and that's why it sucked. But the new one, I don't know what the first Venom movie was like. Um, it looked a little like dark and kind of cool special effects, but also just a little boring. Um, but the trailer for the new one is actually really funny because it like opens up with like him trying to just sit down and read the paper. And he's got all this like black tubing shooting out of him because Venom decided he wanted to try to cook him a nice breakfast. So like the kitchen's on fire. There's like shit getting knocked around everywhere. And he like throws down these two plates full of like waffles, ice cream, and like a whole bunch of other shit in front of him. And he's like, ta-da. But um, it definitely goes for the more like comedic element in the trailer. So it does look pretty amusing. And I'm just excited to see Carnage in something because Carnage was always like one of my favorite villains from like even the Spider-Man cartoon show that I used to watch when I was a kid. But, you know, they never really tried to have like a live action version of Carnage before. And I think we're at least at the special effects time period where it, we can do it in like a semi convincing way. I would maybe watch these because of Tom Hardy and you sold me with the breakfast thing. But um, the one thing about Carnage is though Carnage was my favorite, but it was completely unrelated to the shows or anything. It was because of a really old, like super Nintendo game where I think you played as Carnage and Venom, and I always preferred being Venom, or Carnage. Because, I don't know, the red was cooler. I think I played this game. It's like a classic side-scroller game. Oh, was it Was it called Maximum Carnage? That's I don't actually know the name, I just know I liked it. Probably, though. Yeah, no, this looks right. This looks yeah. right. I, I, yeah, I, I think I played this like at a friend's house, because I don't think I ever owned it. So, like, I didn't play video games a lot as a kid because ADD didn't let me, but um, also none of the game systems were ever mine. They were always, like, this was, like, my stepdad, so it was rare for me to get to play this, but this was the one that I liked the most. My video game systems were always my dad's, and he, like, let me play when he wasn't. <laughs> so. So we're same boat, same, same boat. Except my ADD normally involved uh, me going, I'm stuck at whatever puzzle the game had throwing the controller somehow not breaking it and then leaving my house to go do whatever hood shit i was going to do that day my favorite fucking super nintendo game not like favorite favorite not for like the plot just for like the effects and the fighting was um teenage mutant ninja turtles 5 turtles in time and it had this great effect because this is like obviously before the advent of like 3d so anything that looked remotely not two-dimensional was pretty awesome at the time but there was um this thing you could do a particular move correct combination of buttons where your character would grab a foot soldier, spin him around three times, and throw them at the screen, and your screen would look like it cracked, and then they'd, they'd like slide down it. 
I think I vaguely remember that. I don't know. I know I liked the Ninja Turtle games, but I again, I barely played video games as a kid. Uh, yeah, I bet you played Marvel video games even less. For sure. I don't even know what that was back then, so it wouldn't have mattered. I just know that when I finally started getting into comic books, on like the rare times my dad would pick me up, um, he would take me to like a comic book store because he was a huge comic book nerd to like where it became like almost hoarding how many he had before like some crap happened. He doesn't have them now. Um, And he would get so mad because he'd go in and he'd be like picking out Marvel comics and this. And I'd be like, I want this spawn one. And I found this one by some no name thing. Uh, but there's a teddy bear and he has a samurai sword. So I want to watch I want to read this. I wish I could remember anything about that. Cause I just remember it being like hyper violent, but the character was a teddy bear. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to go with a, um, I'm going to go with a not recommendation for closing this time because um, I started this movie and you know, it was going to be background noise. The only reason I put it on was because I saw Danny Trejo on the cover and it was called, uh, Bullets of Justice. I think it's from like 2019 or 2020. That just sounds like a movie I wouldn't put on. So the movie opens up and it's like two people I don't recognize, guy and a girl, running around in like a war-torn city, fighting a bunch of like dirty ass pigs with jetpacks. I don't really know what was going on. So I watched it for about five minutes and the main character flashbacks to like, my real father was dead, but this man became my real father. And it's like Danny Trejo telling him like, keep your head up. And then there's like a scene where Danny Trejo is like, hey, let's go get some candy. I don't know why they were going to get candy because it looked like the apocalypse already happened. So the fact that there was a candy store kind of struck me as like really weird. And he goes in, gets in a fight with a pig, kills the pig, and then some police show up and shoot Danny Trejo. And then it cuts to like that guy fucking the girl he was with in the beginning who was also his sister. And then I turned it off. So don't watch that. That's my not recommendation. <laughs> All right. Do you have uh, a recommendation or, or, or a not? I don't know. Just watch. Go go through and watch the like Conjuring and Insidious movies because they're actually way better than I remembered when I watched them the first time. And he believes in ghosts. so I don't believe in ghosts at all. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for another What Have You Seen Lately with Bearded B-Roll. I'm Kyle. And that's my... No, no. We don't need to introduce ourselves again. It's, it's... This is my new favorite thing to do. I do it all the time. To just keep introducing yourself? Yeah, all right. So this was another episode of Bearded B-Roll. I'm we Kyle, just with Mike. Did that. Um, hit us up on our socials, which now, Mike. So follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bearded B-Roll and look for us anywhere you find podcasts. Check out our website, beardedb-roll.com, for info and links to merch. And remember to email us with ideas and suggestions for topics at beardedb-roll at gmail.com. See, you do it so good now. It's like a pre-recorded voice. I'm a robot. You are. All right, bye for five minutes.